0: Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL, Most Valuable Listener, on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.
1: People are starting to connect. The importance of sex and health, it's no longer just about pleasure and having fun. They actually consider that it makes an impact on your mental health, on your physical health and how you feel about yourself and your relationship to other people.
0: Today's Women in Tech shout out goes to Patricia Garcia. Patricia is an amazing woman in tech. She has been a leader in the user experience design space forever. I just truly appreciate her. I find her such an inspiration and I hope that you will too. Be sure to reach out on LinkedIn and say hello. You can find her at Patricia Garcia. That's linkedin.com slash in slash P Garcia 413. Tell her you found her via the Women in Tech podcast. If you, too, want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We're so proud of what we've created with the Women in Tech podcast to support us in our journey to celebrating women in tech around the world. Go to womenintech.fm and click on the donation link on the right side of the page. That's womenintech.fm. The donation link is the top right side of the page. We really appreciate you being a part of our journey and we look forward to celebrating so many more women to come. I've been thinking a lot about value. I've been thinking a lot about my value. I've been thinking, you know, about this whole thing. Say yes to the opportunity. And honestly, the last couple years, I've said no to just about everything. Because I think I've created this presence in the world that I'm this hippie, dippy, and she'll just do whatever for us kind of vibe. (laughs) And that's not true. In order to serve the community and to, to empower our team without the team, like this podcast you're listening to now that creates so much social good would not be possible. In order to do those things, I must learn to, and continually learn to value myself, to become more confident. Because if I don't do those things, I cannot attract and understand the boundaries of the resources that make it possible for these positive things to exist. Does that make sense? So... It's so hard. Like, I want to say yes to everything because I want to give my whole heart to everybody. But what happens when I don't have me? And what happens if when I don't have like a strong, amazing team around me to help support this mission that we're creating together? And so in order for everything to be possible, in order for me to serve you, I need, need, it's vital, to learn how to value myself. And I don't know if you guys have this problem too, but it seems like every day I get asked to undervalue myself. I don't even know if it's an ask. Sometimes I feel like it's an expectation. And, and it's so hard to understand because I haven't had many examples uh, of what it is to value myself throughout my life. And so it's hard to, to know, like, what are the boundaries? Like, what are the agreements that I should, you know, subscribe to? What are what are the contracts that make sense? Well, you know, what is the pricing? What is the time duration? All of these things, all these components that I have to figure out. Like, is it in alignment with my value? Is there an ROE return on energy to this exchange in addition to the ROI return on investment? So this is what I've been sitting with. I just left a we are la Tech Experience Club activity. I'm on the corner Western and Melrose looking for a car wash gas station about to return an Amazon item and just, you know, it's end of year and I'm working out, you know, where do I go from here? What feels right? What's best for the team and what's best for you? And um, evolving is hard. Like stepping out of what I've known, of what's comfortable, even if it's not serving me, everything serves us to some extent. Even like being angry or having a bad day somehow is is serving, right? Maybe uh, being angry could be protecting me from being hurt in some way. Who knows, right? Right. Um, being positive and giving is, is, like, everything has some a consequence that it's doing. It's some sort of something, even whether it's positive, whether it's, like, superficially positive or negative. It's all delivering some sort of value, some sort of benefit. That's a good word, benefit. And um, I just really want to make sure, as each day goes on, that I have a clear understanding of our and my value so that the the business deals that and relationships that I get into empower and fuel us and me to be our best and to give our best anyway hope that all makes sense on this sunday night as the sun goes down and i'm about to finish out my errands and keep working on organizing my house um that was my little rant of the night, and uh, enjoy the next episode. Bye. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating and connecting women in tech around the world. We are continuing on on a conversation that makes me absolutely blush. We are continuing forward in the industry of sex tech. Yay! Hi, Alma. <laughs> So, we interviewed your co founder, mm-hmm. Patricia. Yeah. Not Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I'm still blushing. It happens. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do? Perfect. <laughs> As I like
1: totally hide My? <laughs> myself. No worries. I'm used to this. <laughs> um, well, I'm the other co founder of Vibeo. Uh, First time founder, so first time I'm building a business. And both Patricia and I thought that we could make a mark in society by um, being open about sexuality and normalizing the stigma around pleasure. And indeed, there
0: is a stigma. (laughs) I think so, too. So when did you first become passionate about tech?
1: I guess years ago. I've always worked in tech companies since I'm in university. I worked for Deliveroo and then several other startups. And what do,
0: for people who don't know, what is yeah. Deliveroo?
1: So the um, food delivery company. Um, in, in England?
0: In the UK? I worked
1: in Barcelona. In Barcelona. Because that's where I studied. But here in England, I worked for an edtech startup called HowNow, if you want to have a look. <laughs> and what's HowNow do? Um, they do all of the infrastructure for people to be able to set up their own learning platform. Right now, it's an enterprise solution, so it's specialized in HR and onboarding um, employees. And how did your path lead to
0: wanting to create your own company? What were you doing before you launched a startup? I kind of
1: always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. That's why I I always try to work for startups to figure out how, how they worked internally and what drove business growth. Um, but the thing is that I didn't really know what sector I wanted to be part of. And then I realized that Sextech was a good market for me. Um, I guess mainly because I've been using sex toys since I'm a teenager. So um, I thought that there was a lack of brand awareness and relatedness to the consumer. People bought the products and they knew what type of product they had, but not um, which company created Created them. And let's just not assume that everybody has
0: heard um, Patricia's, uh, Patricia's episode. <laughs> um, tell us about your company and how it's different. And
1: yeah. Sure. So we do app controlled vibrators. Um, what we try to do is generate an environment for people to explore their sexuality. So um, basically, we play a little bit with playful design. Our first product is a wearable. And then all of our products would be uh, controllable via the app, where users can create their own profile, set pleasure targets, and then add a partner to help them achieve those goals and, and targets and challenge each other.
0: And what part about building your company most excites you?
1: I think it's the educational work that we need to do in society, and basically... Um, get over the, the fact that sex is something we shouldn't talk about and it's taboo. So I am completely blushing through all these <laughs> exactly. interviews. And everyone does. That's the thing. And in the end, it's like a basic need. It's something that we think about daily. and It plays in our minds. Um, we're all here because our parents had sex, you know. So No, I try not to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> But it's a reality. We just need to yeah, get over the fact that it's a personal thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what would you say is a huge obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it?
1: I'd say uh, raising our first investments. investment. Yeah. Um, it was a bit difficult in the beginning to approach investors and several funds because many VCs still have regulations around um, not investing in sex-related products. So yeah, we already have like some people on board, which makes us a little bit more credible towards funds. And now they're a bit more open to talk about it with us. And what
0: have you learned about raising money and the conversations that need to be have and that, or what kind of expectations have shifted? Tell me about the process.
1: Um, I think right now it's a good time to raise investment and open a business in our industry. Because people are starting to connect the importance of sex and health. So um, it's no longer um, just about pleasure and having fun. They actually consider that it makes an impact on your mental health, on your physical health, and how you feel about yourself and your relationship to other people. So um, clearly that shift in mindset is helping us and it's also creating new business opportunities. How long has sex toys been around? When were they created? The first sex toys were created in prehistory. Like, they're evidence of dildos. That, really? Yeah. Then women in prehistory used to um, already use and also, like, make rituals uh, around fertility and relationships, I guess. I mean, I haven't had, had a conversation with them, but it's just based on, <laughs> on discoveries. Is it ever difficult to talk about what you do? Or are you always comfortable
0: talking about it?
1: In the beginning, it was a bit more complicated. I mean, I'm Spanish, so we're a bit more open, but we're creating the business in the UK.
0: Yeah. So people
1: here are not that open, open yeah. I'd say. Uh, they get a bit more awkward. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the first time you pitch it, it's awkward for everyone. Second time as well. But when you've done it a hundred times, then it's just it's about a, talking like food. <laughs> it's practice. Yeah. And, and, and then it takes away
0: the scariness. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's, I've been thinking, reflecting on that a lot lately, how when you start anything new, no matter what it is, it's scary. Yeah. And then once you find the groove, then it's just about doing more of what's working exactly yeah and um, how has it been to build the product have you experienced any interesting wins or challenges in that process
1: stick around we'll be right back after the break
0: How has it been to build the product? Have you experienced any interesting wins or challenges in that process?
1: That's a good question because neither of us, uh, Patricia nor I, come from an engineering background. So um, we took around three, four months to try to develop the design of the product uh, anatomically yeah. so we did a lot of uh, 3D prints and user testing and that was an interesting journey but um, we faced the challenges of okay how do we contact manufacturers now how do we do the internal components the engineering yeah, yeah. behind it so yeah we got over that and we found good partners to work with so now we're uh, growing faster in that sense but yeah we've learned a lot. In what the way. does success look
0: like to you like a year from now what would success look like?
1: For me, it would be already being in the market, uh, selling and having our products out there. And where do you want
0: to sell it? After, I I know uh, Patricia, (laughs) I have to like practice my Spanish. Um, She talked about uh, crowdfunding, but then after crowdfunding, what's the step? Or are you just going to be one of the companies that consistently crowdfund?
1: No, that wouldn't be uh, our way to go. Uh, Crowdfunding is the entry point for our marketing strategy but then we would like to do direct sales to consumers in the beginning to protect our brand but we also have conversations with um, premium and luxury sex toy marketplaces that we think could go hand in hand with our brand b- values actually that brings up an interesting point
0: you said luxury do you yeah. consider this to be a luxury product or like what's the price point going to be
1: Ours is not luxury. It's um, a premium product, not only because of the um, price points, that's £99, pounds, by the way, but also because of the category, the fact that it comes with technology, that we have a good design, a good source materials, etc. So definitely premium. And how did you price it? We um, did a little bit of competitor analysis and we decided to go for the cheaper band of the um, premium toys. And it's still not as cheap as a 20-pound vibrator that you can find in, in other companies. But we think it shouldn't be a luxury. It should be something that people can afford. And based on other purchases that people do, concerned to their bodies and wellness, we thought basically it's like a reasonable price for something that you're going to put in your body and in your genitals. How expensive do sex toys get? It can be anything from 15 pounds to a thousand or two Uh, thousand. What? Stop. Yeah. (laughs) A thousand? Yeah. There are some like gold covered sex toys and silver covered sex toys. Wow. That are crazy expensive. And how will you handle shipping? We work via UK distributor. So they act a little bit as a middleman between the factory where we produce the goods and us. And they organize shipping to the UK and then we organize it to the UK, US or wherever we're going to sell. And what's been your process in developing the app? We're still on it. We have a UX designer that works part time for us and she's amazing. Uh, She has great ideas as well. And now we're contemplating um, outsourcing the big part of the app development because we feel it's not worth to bring people on board yet. It would be too expensive for us. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting.
0: Apparently there's great um, development talent in Romania.
1: Have you looked yeah. at Romania? So we're actually in contact with a Polish agency. With, oh, with Poland. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they're great. They've done... They specialize in hardware-connected devices. Nice. So they have a lot of expertise in that, which is a challenge. Nice. Obviously. Yeah. And they're great. They have a great interest in the femtech industry. They've worked with other companies, so that's good. And is this the first podcast you've been on? Yes. Can you tell?
0: (laughs) No, no, I can't tell. It's just... I love that. I love that I get the opportunity to be a part of so many women's journeys like right at the beginning. And then I hope this is just like an entry door to like, zillions and more, you
1: know, I, I hope so cool. too. <laughs> do you listen to podcasts often? Yeah. I do, do you have a favorite one? Um, I actually follow the master of self Skill, masters of skill. Hoffman. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They talk about business and that's basically everything. I the hear, founder yeah. of LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Do you have an app or software that, that is really great that you can't live without? an
1: app, a software, hardware, Mm, website? Can I say Netflix? Yeah, you can say (laughs) Netflix. Yeah, I think it's good to always have a balance between professional development, but also having fun. Yeah. So I think Netflix plays a lot in my fun part of my life right now. Yeah, so I wouldn't like to uh, get rid of it at the <laughs> moment, even though it's quite mainstream. Sorry. <laughs>
0: that's, no, that's how I feel about YouTube. I watch way too much YouTube. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and
0: how can people connect
1: with you? Um, just drop me an email or alma at vibio.co.uk. Can, you, can you spell I, it for everyone? Yeah, it's A-L-M-A at vibi u k or find me in LinkedIn, uh, Alma Ramirez Acosta.
0: Can you spell that too? Yes, yeah.
1: sure. Um, A-L-M-A-R-A-M-I-R-E-Z-A-C-O-S-T-A. And one last
0: question. What inspired you to move from the amazing country that is Spain to London, England, where it rains pretty often?
1: (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, it wasn't weather. (laughs) It was business opportunity. Like, there is a lot more... Um, investment and a lot more business mindset than in Spain. We're a lot more conservative there and and more risk averse, I'd say. So I have more opportunities here.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. Is there anything else that you
1: want to share before we wrap up? Maybe Um, the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Just go for it. If you have a good idea and you have the right mindset, uh, give it a try. There's nothing to lose and everything to gain, so go for it and connect with people like me i can help you <laughs> along the way. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech
0: podcast. You've been awesome. If you want to connect and collaborate with more awesome women in tech, remember, go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at VIP.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We'll take you straight there. Say hello on social, at Women in Tech Show, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you guys, talk to you guys, hear you guys in the next episode.
1: Bye. Bye. Hi, this is Alma Ramirez Acosta, CEO and co-founder of Vibeo. We make app-controlled sex toys for people to explore their sexuality, based in London, and you're listening to Women in Tech.
0: If you, too, want to connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech, remember you can go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. We're so proud of what we've created with the Women in Tech podcast to support us in our journey to celebrating women in tech around the world. Go to womenintech.fm and click on the donation link on the right side of the page. That's womenintech.fm. The donation link is the top right side of the page. We really appreciate you being a part of our journey and we look forward to celebrating so many more women to come. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo.
1: Edited by Adam Carroll. Show notes by Carl Marty.
0: And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production.